Blog Talk Radio. I'm Rena Starr, so you don't have to be. Desperate Housewitches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so bad language, probably functions, dirty talk of any kind might offend you. This is not the show for you, but you know it is. That's why you're here. Desperate Housewitches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. That's wickedwitchstudios.com. And don't forget, I will be at Mystic South, July 14th through 16th, in beautiful downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Check it out, mystic-south.com. And speaking of Mystic South, my guests for this afternoon are also going to be at Mystic South this year. I'm so excited. I'm being joined by Vincent Higginbotham and Martha Kirby Capo. And we're going to talk about their book, Thrifty Witchery, Magic for the Penny Pinching Practitioner. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. I'm so excited we're all going to be at uh, Mystic South. I just can't wait. I know. And I'm really excited because you guys are, at least one of you, if not both of you, are going to be on one of my two live shows from there, I'm assuming. Um, oh yes. To talk about whatever, to talk about your classes and what what you guys are going to be doing there. But this episode today is a reschedule because I had come down with the flu uh, for like a couple of weeks, and I apologize. And you guys have both been so wonderful and gracious, uh, letting me recover and and rescheduling. Yeah, I was so sick. Oh my God, I didn't know mm. if I was going to make it, but. I really appreciate your patience. So, Thrifty Witchery. Wow. This is a great book. This is a great book for anybody. And I will tell you, I wish I'd had this book when I was practicing when my kids were little because I was poor. And I'm talking like welfare poor. Uh, No Mm -hmm. shame in that game whatsoever. But, man, I I really... um, think that, you know, at that point in my life, not only was money an issue, but I was being abused in my marriage. There was all kinds of craziness going on. And if I'd had something like thrifty witchery, I think I could have made a lot better use of my magic to maybe affect more change on my life. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so glad this book is out there. But I've got to ask, what prompted you guys to write this book? Well, well, <laughs> so like what originally prompted it was um, after I wrote my first book, I had Martha like, you know, read over it before I turned it in. And then when, um, after the book came out, we had been talking for a little bit and Martha was like, you know, I really think that you could, expand upon this because you have a lot of like 
you know, magical practices that don't really require money or, like, you're just kind of working with what you have. And I was like, well, Martha, I think you should write that with me. And we took a little bit of time, and Martha wasn't sure about it at first. And I, you know, gave her her space and let her think about it. And then a month later, I was like, so you're going to write it with me, right? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And so it was really just kind of, honestly, it was Martha's idea for me to write it. And then I was like, well, let's write it together. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because even when, you know, things change in your life and you acquire more money through whatever means it is, whether it's a job or what have you, um, people still want the shinies and think that the shinies are going to make the magic more powerful. And it's such a misconception because the root of magic is the practitioner. And I think you mm-hmm. focus on that and things to do um, just, you know, simple gratitudes and, and, you know, I love that you talk about gratitude and how important it is and, you know, willing your witchcraft forward is a favorite part of mine in the book. Um, mm-hmm. because you are, you know, you are what makes, makes the magic, you know, and <laughs> in experiments. You know, I kind book, of think you know. that that goes, I think that kind of goes in a little bit with the, uh, with the witch's pyramid a little bit, with the, uh, to keep silent, because if you are mm-hmm. using things that you already have around you, materials in your house, that's kind of a way of keeping silent uh, about your craft, because you're yeah. not, you're not leaving like a purchase trail. Not anybody. I don't mean to imply that you know people are out there looking at your receipts or anything like that. But I, I, I do think that there's kind of an affinity or an alignment, I guess, with the uh, with the whole keeping silent part of the of the witch's pyramid uh, in using um, in using materials you have around and also recognizing and honoring that the locus of the magic is within you. Well, I mean, and I know you're not trying to strike a chord of paranoia with that, but let's face it, um, you know, there are certain things uh, going on in our country that would give one a pause and perhaps concern about being extremely public and leaving a paper trail. I'm just saying, there's just some weird shit going on out there, as we all can Well, I'm in Florida, so I am right in that of it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 a question for a little later in the hour, I think. Um, <laughs> but I, but I do have questions about that. I know Vinny and I are are kind of Vinny, you're one state over for me, and while I haven't seen anything uh, questionable yet uh, coming from the local people, have you seen anything that gives you pause? No, I mean I feel like. I'm in South Carolina, and I haven't really seen the evidence of any real issues, at least from my perspective, thus far. Right. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I do worry about everything becoming like Florida at some point if certain things go a certain way. I do find it a bit unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I hear. I, I mean, I I hear you. Uh, and uh, again, you know, it's a big state, and uh, where yeah. I am, I'm uh, I'm south of Miami, and so some things in this part of the state uh, are different 
then some things up in the northwest part of the panhandle, like the handle part of the panhandle. Uh, and I mean, you know, again, uh, we can we can explore this as, mu- as much as you'd like, but I will say that uh, in, um, um, a community is made up of all sorts of people at all different levels of that community, and I would say that there are members of the larger community who may not be holding office, uh, but who are uh, still. Um, able to feel like they can practice fairly freely uh, what their how, what their faith is, what their spirituality is. Not everyone, sure. but sure. but a lot. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to know, and it's something we absolutely need to keep an eye on no matter where we live, because these things mm-hmm. happen so quickly where, these, you know, certain people come to power seemingly out of nowhere, and, you know, I, I have found that it's really not out of nowhere because they play the long mm-hmm. game and they get in on the ground level in local government, mm-hmm. which is why the same all politics yeah. local is pretty important and fairly accurate. Just got to mm-hmm. keep an eye on stuff. But back to thrifty witchery. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, I wanted to say something actually. So about all of that, like I think that sometimes it takes, there are things in the world where, where like, some things are agitators and some things are aggravators. And I think yeah. that what the world needs right now is some agitation in order to yeah. aggravate enough people to create the change that we really need in the world. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, no one on any side of the fence is a hundred percent right. And so what needs to happen is kind of a meeting of the minds. And we're only going to get that the more angry both sides of that fence become. Does that make sense? And it does. I think and that I agree. I think that it's just like where we have to be right now to get where we need to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. I can see that. I just, I just fear that you know one side is a lot angrier than the other, and it's really hard to get a meeting of the minds when, when some people are just so determined to go backwards, and you know. Again, we're talking about the side that says facts don't matter. Um, so it gives me concern because we live in a world where facts were everything. And, <laughs> you know, people didn't get to make up their own facts. So, yeah, for me, it's, it's a bit more frightening. Well, and I think that I, I, wonder, I wonder if it might be not that one uh, uh, faction is angrier than the other, but that anger looks different. It exists, but yeah. it looks different yeah. in one group than it does in another group. But it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. It just looks different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you can be angry without being outwardly hostile. But it's, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're not hostile enough. I, I'm not sure, you know, how far we should go as far as, visible hostility or just mm-hmm. agitate. But I like, you know, what Vinny said about we have to agitate in order to aggravate to get things mm-hmm. done. I, I I like that a lot. That's very cool. We got to keep that. Well, and to me that all so, circles back yeah. to the whole keep silent thing, you know, because a lot of uh, the work of witches uh, is done um, um, perhaps not under uh, – 
perhaps from the place of the oppressed. Witchcraft uh, has been a a, uh, a tool of the oppressed people, uh, of people sure. who are oppressed, and often that happens out of the line of sight of the oppressor. Uh, and and that's kind of what helped make that that uh, pillar of the uh, uh, the witch's pyramid so strong and so tricksy, uh, you know, because it doesn't look like anything's happening, but you're silent about it, and there's a whole lot of stuff right. happening. You just don't don't see it. You know what I mean? That's also true. That's also true. I'm just so used to now. You know, back when I was first practicing witchcraft we were very quiet we were very afraid of anyone finding out what we were doing mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. we also didn't have a lot of access to anything so we were limited in where we could practice um mm-hmm. but now you know our folks are so out there in the public that it, it's completely different from the way it was and it, it feels like i don't know anything that that indicates push a pushing backwards into silence mm-hmm. I somewhere in my little Libra heart just finds resistance to sure. um, because it's like, you know, we have to be free and open and we've made all this ground and we can push forward. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but the, but the idea of, you know, being silent again is, is scary, but maybe necessary, you know, as you've indicated. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all something to consider. Um, but I did want to talk about the things to do because in the book you have what you'll do, practical practice, you know, things mm-hmm. things to do with what you've learned in the chapter. And I was wondering how you guys came up with the things that you put in and if, like, one of you tackled this particular stuff and the other one tackled different things as far as what was put in. So what was that process like? So in all honesty, I think Martha and I have both multiple times looked at the book and been like, I don't know who wrote that. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's hard to tell the difference. It really is. And so there's lots of different practices where I'm like, I'm not sure if that's my practice or, or if that's Martha's practice. And then there's other practices where I'm like, oh, well, that's definitely Martha's practice. And, you know, um, I, I think there's moments where we're like, oh, well, that's definitely Vinny's practice. In particular, there's a few that come to mind. But, like, you know, I really think that we just both had one mind in terms of what we came to do with the book. And mm-hmm. because we shared that that mind or idea in what we were after, it really wasn't it really wasn't a, okay, you do this and I do this. It was very much a, a game of equals where sometimes I did something and then Martha came in and, and judged it up. And then there were times where Martha did something and I came in and judged it up. And then there were other moments where I was like, Martha, I can't even speak on this. And mm-hmm. vice versa. So it really wasn't a whole lot of, like, you do this exact thing, you know what I mean? But then once, right. like, like, let's say there was something that I couldn't really speak on, Martha would write it up, and I was like, oh, now I can speak on this because I see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there right. was a lot of that in the book, too, I think. Would you agree, Martha? I, you know, I do, because uh, when we, like, when we started to look at these exercises and practices, um, 
Mm-hmm. I think that's what the first ones are called, exercises, and the second ones are called uh, practices. Because the book is in two, two big parts, uh, um, practical things and and then mm-hmm. more esoteric, uh, mindful, I guess, things. <clears throat> and we didn't really look at that and think, okay, well, you're in charge of all the practical exercises, practical practices, and you're right. in charge of all right. the uh, – we kind of uh, wrote our own uh, uh, spells, and our own, uh, um, you know, what we do in our own practices, and then showed it to the other person and said, okay, well, does yeah. this make sense to you? You know, does this, this have relevance? And what we hope that we've come up with, and I think that we have, is uh, because mm-hmm. we come from such different places, is uh, what was true for me, we, I was able to work uh, uh, to a place where Vinny could also find some truth that he could live with in that. What was true for Vinny uh, mm-hmm. he could look at me and and try to figure out, okay, let's work this together where you can find some truth in that. And so we have a set of things that are that can be true for almost everyone, not, not because it's flabby and amorphous, but because we've really come right. down to what the magical principles are that we're working with and, and, and found something that's common ground for most witches and practitioners, not everyone. But most. Right, of course. But, I, you know, and it's funny because one of the things I landed on that did not occur to me was the liquid eyeliner sigils. And I had no mm-hmm. idea which one of you had written that or if you had me. written that together. And I'm like, oh, and I, really, awesome. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. I never thought, to be, I mean, there's so much stuff in here that you just would never have necessarily thought about. But it makes mm-hmm. absolute sense when you say it in the book because it's like, of course, it's a little fresh and you can do all kinds of little sigils and things and it's fine-pointed and it doesn't have to be huge. And mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, stuff like that is brilliant and it really is practical. Um, again, wish I'd had this book a really long time ago um, when I had virtually nothing to my name. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's all kinds of spell work you can do with really simple stuff, and especially in the kitchen, you know, and even with chopsticks when we didn't have, you know, forks. In, and I was poor. I was poor, poor when I was married sure. to my second husband. It was bad. It was seriously bad. But the things I could have done just with simple chopsticks as opposed to, you know, waving a wand to, to cast a circle, you know, just doing mm-hmm. it with a chopstick. It's been so mm-hmm. easy, you know. What in the book gave you guys any, if anything, what gave you trouble? What were what were aspects of the book that were difficult? I would say, for me, the first the first half of the book where we talk about um, uh, intuition. Uh, wisdom and intention, those are very mm-hmm. esoteric concepts that were really took a lot of, it wasn't difficult because it was too hard. It was very finicky um, work, you know, to try to really articulate clearly something that's essentially uh, uh, insubstantial. Uh, you know, we're talking about something very esoteric and trying to capture that uh, those concepts and set them to a page in a way that that 
like articulated them clearly, but also uh, left space for interpretation by the reader. Now, like the first part with self-empowerment, Benny, Benny was like all over that chapter because, you know, that's, that's something that is near and dear to his heart. Uh, and, but that, that, that whole uh, IWI, intuition, wisdom, and intention, uh, that yeah. there were some uh, relationships between how do they relate, where do they come from, what's the effect of one on the other and vice versa, when, what, how does it go from an intangible thing into a tangible thing, what's the nature of that. That was all right. very, that was, that, was, uh, that was very picky, picky, picky writing work. Did, did you feel that you, were, you had to be careful to not lead people into a thought pattern? Or were you concerned that it was too instructional? I didn't. You know, I don't think either one of us. Yeah, you talk, Benny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yes. I mean, like, I think that there is a place where when you're writing a book on this type of subject, you are kind of leading people into a thought pattern in in that you are, are seeking to educate people on this subject, right? And so, yes, I want to lead people into a thought pattern of they can be empowered, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for my my experience, I think that that was kind of a goal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you you can go out and you can use your spit and tobacco or you can go find a wasp nest or you can dig up a dandelion and that's all you need. And I wanted to lead people to this idea because at the end of the day, like, that's the goal of this book. That's, that's the goal of what I came to the table to discuss in, in this, you know. Does that mean right. that I want to, like, brainwash people? No, not at all. But, oh. like, mm-hmm. and I would never want to say you can only do something one way. But I certainly did mm-hmm. want to stay true to the idea of you can go out and find self-empowerment doing these things in a way that, sound, that feels right to you. Mm-hmm. And I think Absolutely. a big thing, too, was I think a big thing was, was uh, trying to encourage people to look at things around them with a witch's eyes, which are your eyes. They're your eyes, you know. So uh, right. I think sometimes people who are um, – Sometimes people who uh, are coming into the craft sort of latch into this idea of the mundane versus the magical. And, and for us, everything's magical. And, and what that means is that then you have to look at the items around you that the other people are saying, oh, well, that's just normal. That's just an average, I don't know, drum, or that's just an average uh, pillow or whatever. Uh, and look at it with your witch's apprehension and your witch's eyes uh, to see what other possibilities are there for that thing that you think is just a sock. Uh, you know, it could, it, 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 if, you, if, if magic is changing uh, reality to conform to your will, then when you are repurposing a uh, slipcover or a, a T-shirt or a, a sheet, into something that you're going to use in your magical practice, that's, that's, that's magic. You're doing magic right there. Absolutely, absolutely. What I was going to say was sometimes when someone comes to a book like this, 
it's important to give them a roadmap. So my thing is, yes, give them the roadmap. Give, give obviously, the idea of, you know, take this and use it in the ways that you can or wish. But sometimes, mm-hmm. what, like, if I had been given this book when I needed it, I was so messed up in my life that it would, I, you know, would have tried to find a way to get a hold of the writer and said, okay, but what do I do first? So I love mm-hmm. the guidance. I think the guidance is so important, and, and I'm glad you didn't shy away from it. You know what I mean? I like the mm-hmm. idea of here's your starting point. Here's some ideas on how to actually do this. You can do mm-hmm. what you want, but at least here's a starting point. Because I was so scrambled, you know, two babies, abused, four, not sure how I was going to get out of it, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who's come to a book like this. I need a way out. I need a way. I need a path. Mm-hmm. I need to know what to do from kind of scratch, even though I had already been a practitioner. Because life mm-hmm. is so overwhelming when you don't have a lot and when you're trying to take care of a family. Mm-hmm. You know, another mm-hmm. reason why this book is so important for folks, you know, I mean, I'm lucky I was able to do stuff with my life. That, but other people are, may not be so lucky. So mm-hmm. well, if you're trying to, to survive, if you're in survival mode, you know you don't, yeah. you can't. If you're in survival mode, you can't be, you can't be. A lot of times, thinking beyond how do I not get hit, uh, or how right. do I feed my child, right. you know, uh, and and there's not a lot of energy left over for, uh, exactly. you know, when can I get to the to the metaphysical store? You know, you can't. <laughs> Exactly. That's not an option. It's so true. But that's why this book is so great and why I'm glad you guys did not leave it 100% hands off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great feedback. Thank you. Yeah, when someone is in such a – I mean, yes, is magic a breathable uh, thing that needs to grow and change and adapt? Uh, to the practitioner, absolutely. But again, I always go back to, you know, how I could have uh, made such great use of this um, when I, and I still can. I mean, it's not like I can just walk out and buy everything I want, you know, that's not Mm -hmm. real life. Um, So there are ideas in this book, you know, obviously the liquid eyeliner sigil is my favorite. Um, <laughs> I, I love the thing while. about going to get a, a like when you go to a fast food restaurant and just getting yourself a little bit of a couple of extra packets of sugar or a couple of extra packets of uh, honey or oh, some little salt yeah. packets or some pepper yeah. sauce if you go to a Mexican fast food I love that I just yeah. I to me that's just oh, I love it oh yeah I I now because of a, a someone I used to work with I. I always have a salt packet in my purse, you know, just mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I might need it in a situation. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, you know, employ that in my place of business where, you know, there's a kitchen and there's different spices and there's different this and different that, and I can employ all those things. So there are instances where it's right there in front of you, even when you're not in your own home, and very mm-hmm. usable. So, yeah, that's that's fantastic as well. 
but uh, but I always go back to the the again the point where you know when I didn't have what could I have done what could I have done differently what could I have done better mm-hmm. so I'm, again I'm really glad you guys um, you did make it instructional and helpful and far reaching um, and that's fantastic and and I'm so glad you did that because you went beyond. You went beyond yourselves. You went out into the the world we're in right now and and pointed to practical things. And I'm sure you've gotten some fantastic feedback on the book, have you not? We have. You know, I had a, I had a um, I did a, a workshop on the book uh, a couple of weeks ago in uh, Illinois, and the vendor at that. Uh, Retreat said, oh, I'm going to take these over to uh, the denominational, annual denominational meeting. I was like, oh, okay, great. And she sold out. She told me yesterday she sold out of the book, which is just wonderful and unexpected. It wasn't really my target market. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that that, uh, that's, that's pretty outstanding. So, I mean, are you finding that non-practitioners are picking up the book? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know yet. I don't think we'll know until we get. I'm, I, I think. I think somewhere we get uh, like a uh, an, an accounting of how many books have sold and where, or something like that. And we don't have that information yet. Um, okay. I will say I'm always I'm continually surprised by people who show an interest in this book that I just. But but you know, that's that's just me and my low expectations. <laughs> Oh, you're so funny. Cindy, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think that, like, so far people have shown interest, and that's been pretty cool, but um, I don't – I haven't really heard anything specific outside of, you know, the community um, of people who have been interested so far. Okay. I think, too, that – there's a reason why I bring this up, because as someone who was raised in the Pentecostal church, the idea of magical thinking in and of itself, while they may not call it that, is very much alive. And I find that a lot of Christians, and I have found this to be at places like Mystic South, where we're going to be in a couple of weeks, a lot of folks that we're inhabiting the area with happen to be very Christian, a lot of them Baptist, a lot of them Pentecostal, and their curiosity is so extensive that I've had phone numbers of people wanting to talk to me slip into my hands. Um, and I find mm-hmm. that if you give if you give people a way to expand their knowledge about witchcraft, where they don't have to do it so publicly, I find mm. that they are really fascinated and want to know more because a lot of the time they feel like, you know, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, and they have an end goal in mind, but they never seem sometimes to get to that goal. I'm not talking about all Christians. I'm talking about right. Christians who believe because I have found in my experience, having been raised by two preachers, that people have a specific kind of goal, like they will receive this or they will receive that. 
And sometimes they are in a place where Christianity is not providing what that Mm -hmm. goal is. So sometimes they do look outside of it to find it. So I would be really super surprised if you didn't have a great number of Christian readers of this particular book. Because, again, talk about silence. This book gives you the ability to practice in a whole lot of silence, don't you think? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a, so I would agree, and I also that. think that, uh, you go. No, I'm finished. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I would, I would, this, I would say, I would say that uh, a whole lot of spiritual institutions and ways of expressing spirituality got thrown up in the air during uh, two years of quarantine. Uh, and the effects of a uh, pandemic. And now as uh, we are collectively sort of trying to check everything out around us and in us to see, okay, what are we now? What are we after this profound experience that everyone went through all at the same time? (laughs) What are we now? Who am I now? How am I now? And how do I... Uh, how do I live and move and have my being in the world uh, uh, spiritually? And so I would not surprise me if there are a lot of people who are maybe looking at uh, ways of expressing spirituality that they may not have looked at before. Uh, And I I think that's a global thing. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Martha. Oh, no, I'm done. Um, I was going to say, like, I have this, like, professional day job where I work with a slew of different kinds of people. Many of them are younger generations than I am. And it seems like even though I see what they're doing as a witchy thing, right, or, like, Mm -hmm. they have crystals on their desk or they talk about manifesting or they talk about setting an intention and everything, they're all still very, like, God of Yahweh, like uh, like the God of Abraham, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think sure. that 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 actually kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier about like agitators and meeting of the minds and finding where we all kind of like have this equal ground. And I think that it is in that younger generation where they're like, no, this works and this makes sense, and it's not exclusively about witchcraft and and paganism because you can practice these things you can be a witch you can practice with a christian mindset and so more like spiritcraft i guess that's kind of where we're going in the community and that's not to say everybody is going to experience life this way and that everybody feels that way but Mm -hmm. i think that there's a lot more people now than ever before who view the world in that way where they're Mm -hmm. like very cool but also they go to church every sunday you know what i mean and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that is kind of maybe what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. It's becoming a more, but, it's, but in a sense, it's still becoming a more homogenous mix where people may not be as frightened as they might have been, say, 15 years ago. Because I've, cause while you were saying that, I was thinking about somebody in particular that I work with, uh, a young lady, who, when I first got there, was very uh, 
church-oriented in that regard. Um, but as we had a conversation yesterday, and it, she's not no longer someone I see constantly, but the shift in her, and I've been with my organization almost 20 years, but the shift within her of uh, talking about manifestation, for example, had changed and, you know, doing certain little things, uh, sweeping mm-hmm. a certain way, which in her family, you know, sweeping a certain way in the house was tradition. She's using it in a more spiritual as opposed to superstitious mm-hmm. way. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I see what you're saying about people incorporating uh, more things that they may not have found acceptable previous in the previous generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely interesting to note that. I'm glad you brought that up because I've completely forgotten about it. And this instance happened yesterday. I should have remembered <laughs> it. But, yeah, it's, you know, and it's interesting because I'm very comfortable with the notion of giving her a copy of this book. Mm-hmm. because this book is really practical and has a lot of great information, you know, and it put me in mind of, oh, wow, it's yard sale season. People are yard sailing all the damn time now that the weather is getting mm-hmm. warmer. This is a great way, you know, because you had said in the book about going out of business sales. Yep, that's right. And all these other well, and places... Even- even church jungle sales, and I had a I had a friend who uh, really? had read the book and said it would have never as a as a person who uh, had been raised in a Christological faith, it would never have occurred to them to go back over to a church jungle sale and and see what's there. And the thing is, if you're going to if you're going to go ahead and be purifying whatever it is you're going to be purchasing, which you will be, you'll be cleansing it uh, before you ever put yeah. it in, to use. Why not go to? I mean, they're not proselytizing to you at these yard sale or uh, jumble sh- sales. They're just trying to, you know, sell stuff. <laughs> and I, I, you know, there might be right. there might be some practitioners who feel like, well, I don't want to have any kind of money going toward an institution that, um, you know, wounded me terribly. And and okay, that's great. You know, I mean, not great, mm-hmm. but if that's your stance, that's a that's a that's a righteous stance, and I I understand that, but. For some of us, it might be a place where you might be able to pick up something that's a little um, kind of altery, you know, kind of could go on your altar. But they're working with altars all the time over there. You know what I mean? Uh, they have. Uh, they. I, I think it's. I think it's another avenue that maybe um, some of our um, community does not feel like they can go over there to even look at what might be for sale at a very good price. Um, because the um, the stances of spirituality don't line up. You know, but I also want to remind folks that there are churches that are not the hell, damnation, and brimstone uh, that yep. some of us may have been raised with like I was. I mm-hmm. live down the street from a church that is open to everyone where the, the pastor is, a gay woman. Yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just saying, where everyone is welcome. Yay! To you know, and and no one is turned away for any reason, and it's a beautiful place with beautiful people, and mm-hmm. 
there are churches with good and open hearts. I'm not saying convert Christianity because of it. I'm just saying that there are these spaces that have these sales where no one is going to talk to you about Jesus. It's just about mm-hmm. raising funds. Yard selling, mm-hmm. again, great. Um, I personally have used censures from Catholic churches to burn incense. Oh, nice. In my home at different times, I have no qualms about it. The vessel is just a vessel for, I mean, and mm-hmm. this is my opinion. The vessel is just a vessel. You purpose it how you purpose it. You cleanse it mm-hmm. how you cleanse it. And you change its meaning how you change its meaning. And it's perfectly you will okay. It. To, mm-hmm. Of course. And it's perfectly okay and acceptable to do these things. There is no shame in that game whatsoever. You know, I completely agree. One one thing that I do is I love to go to like grocery stores or the Dollar General and get those white seven day candles. And sometimes they don't yeah. have just blank ones. There's like, you know, saints or the Virgin Mary on them. And I'll just take that yep. sticker off and put on it what I need on it, you know? And that's a valid thing. Like just because mm-hmm. you had a person prior to you doesn't mean that you cannot repurpose something. That's kind of the whole point of the book is that one point of the book. It's not the whole point. It's one point, but that like through your own self-empowerment, you decide what the purpose is of the, of the tools that you are using. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I want to jump in a little bit too, and just say that um, both of us have just, respect bordering on awe for uh, the craftspeople, the artists, the musicians, uh, the drum builders, everybody uh, in the uh, witching community who uh, is so mindful uh, and pours so much directed energy into the things that they are crafting for purchase by members of the community. We're not saying, Papoo, you don't need to get anything by by that person because you can do it yourself. We are saying, you can do it yourself. That saves you money. So that if you want to go and splurge on an item that you would just love to have by your favorite pagan creator, you can do that mm-hmm. because you haven't kind of shunted so much of your money away to things that are supporting your daily practice. Right. Oh, I'm so glad you say that because one of my big things is to support pagan businesses. Pagan mm-hmm. businesses are so important, and we have to support them absolutely whenever we can. Again, I can't afford everything I want. That would be lovely, but I can't. So, yeah, there's certain things I have to budget for. And because I save a little here, I can spend a little more there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because I get, I mean, but, again, people get into situations where there's, precious little to go around. Having lived, I mean, and folks who have been poor, I find that we tend to remember being poor, even when we're not necessarily poor like that anymore. You know, you you go back to that moment of austerity in your own life and you think about the fact that what if this ever happens again? So, you know, and listen, I've got issues too where it's like sometimes I spend a lot more than I should and sometimes it bites me in the butt. I've made plenty of mistakes monetarily so I am no pillar of what to do with your money 
But I will tell you where you can save, it's a good idea, you know, so that you can splurge, as Martha said, when, when you have the opportunity. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge supporter of pagan business, without a doubt. But this book would have been a lifesaver for me on more than one level if I had had it back then. So, And, again, I would give this book to anybody. This book is practical, and, you know, I would not fear giving it to a Christian. And I know Well, we try to be like, very respectful. <laughs> you are. I think, I think very respectful for, uh, for um, because everybody's path is their path. Whether or not I think it ought to be their path, that's not my business. I, I, that's not my business. And so we right. try to really be very respectful about people who are in, um, who are hereditary witches, people who are in uh, lineaged uh, covens, people who are solitary, people who uh, don't necessarily uh, do anything with the deity in the expression of their witchcraft, because those are all Mm -hmm. valid paths. Uh, And I think that that's part of what might make that book so accessible for people who aren't on any witchcraft path at all. Um, because uh-huh. you're not seeing a lot of uh, language around specific. I mean, we do talk about the deities that we work with ourselves, but then we get off of that right. real quick and move on to other matters uh, that that are uh, I noticed that. in witchcraft philosophy. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that it wasn't like too specifically targeted for too long. I mean, which is so cool. You guys really thought about other folks, you know. And I'm very appreciative of that, which is why I think the book is really fine for anyone to have and not feel any kind of way about it. But in the in the minutes we have left, because we're down to like 60 minutes. Oh, wow. So that was fast. Yeah, that was quick. Time always um, lies with you. <laughs> well, it does with you guys, too. I mean, you know, you're both wonderful. You're a great pairing. I just, you know, I'm fascinated by the fact that you write so well together um, because I, I, I find that sometimes when I'm reading books by more than one person, like you really know whose voice is whose, but you guys, mm-hmm. you, you blend beautifully well together. And, and yeah, I, I, just, I just like the way you guys write. I don't know. It's great. I mean, I was <laughs> madly in love with Vinny's first book, he could tell you, of course. Um, oh yeah, I wouldn't shut up about it after I read it. Um, <laughs> sorry guys, but it's a great book and y'all know it. Um, and this book is amazing too. It's Risky Witchery: Magic for the Penny Pinching Practitioner. Yeah, it's it's wonderful and it's good for like anybody. I'm just, yeah, even if you have money, you don't, it doesn't mean you have to spend every cent of it. There are wonderful tips and tricks in this book, yep. but. I wanted to ask you guys, and whichever one of you wants to speak first is fine, about what you're going to be doing uh, at Mystic South and what classes you're giving this year. Um, well, so this year I am doing a um, class on intuition, wisdom, and intention and the empowerment that comes from that. And then I'm also, I believe, I am sitting on a panel discussing the publishing process with Llewellyn. Um, I think that Kat 
which is one of the PR people from Llewellyn, is on the panel, as well as our uh, acquisitions editor, Heather, is going to be there. And I'm not really sure yeah. who else will be on the panel. But I'll be speaking there. And then I'll definitely be signing books on Saturday. I'm doing everything on Saturday. I'm coming Saturday morning, and I'm leaving Saturday night because I like to be a hermit and not away from my home <laughs> for two months. So um, I'll be knocking out a whole weekend worth of stuff in one day. Well, I understand. And I'm going to be there uh, Thursday through Monday. So I'm there like for the whole shebang and then some. Uh, I'm giving a workshop Yay. Friday morning. Uh, and it is on one of the uh, uh, projects or practice, a divination uh, practice that's presented in the book using uh, letter tiles from a word formation game that cannot be mentioned in public. Um, but really, we're not we allowed know to what it is. Well, it would be we it would be it would be better okay. uh, just to be just to be okay. super 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 cautious. Uh, but it's a it's okay. a letter formation okay. game that many 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 of us play online in different forms and have played growing up. And so it's really uh-huh. I'm real thrilled about this uh, uh, workshop because I it's my workshop I'm giving this year. And the two other times that I've given it so far. It's just amazing to watch yeah. and see how it works because uh, I knew it was going to work. Uh, but, you know, when you trot it out in front of other people, uh, and I've had a dozen or so people um, take this workshop and, and uh, yeah. well, I guess it's closer to 20 or so. And then when it comes to the mm-hmm. part where they do the practice, and it works like almost all the time. I think one person was not able to, to make it work. Uh, and it's really? just so cool to see mm-hmm. what comes up for people. Uh, and everybody gets a nifty gifty at the, at the uh, workshop, too. So, you know, come. You get a present. <laughs> oh, wow. You, there's prizes. So there's when prizes. you were saying right. that. Everybody gets a prize. <laughs> when, you, when you were saying that, it put me in mind of the specifics. You're familiar with the movie Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. So that's when you were talking about that, not that it was, not that this thing was being used as a divination tool, but this thing was being used to reckon yes, out yes. Some, some information. So, yes, yes. yeah, that was, that's the first time I ever associated those two things together. That's fascinating. That sounds, well, and those letters, that sounds each of those letters has a, uh, has a number associated with it. So you can do some very Correct. interesting things with uh, numerology. You can also look at the major uh-huh. arcana, uh, and I'll have some uh, uh, four sets of major arcana cards there from different uh, 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 tarot cards that I have so that we can then go into uh, any kind of insight that you can – they're all uh, right away, Smith Coleman. Um, um, any kind of incense. Incense, insights that you can get from that, or if you do a reduction, uh, you know, and additional insights. And I mean, it's a it's a whole thing. And I just I I love I love this workshop a lot because I love seeing it come to life through other people. You know, it's just and and it works. I'm just so grateful it works. <laughs> That's fascinating. When did you when did you develop this particular workshop? Because I was not familiar. Um, that this was a thing that was being done. I, uh, I wrote it for the book. Say. I created it for the book uh, and, and tested oh, it so out for the book. This, 
Oh, okay. So this wasn't something you had already been doing for a long time previous well, to this Well, I mean, the book, book uh, that part of the book was probably written four years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. You I know, by now, to, yeah, like, it really is. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Very cool. Very cool. And then I'll oh be gosh. I'll be uh, hanging out with you for a show, and then uh, hanging out with other yep. people doing uh, uh, probably an awful lot in the uh, Llewellyn uh, uh, suite. Um, you know where where they have snacks. <laughs> where do they have snacks? You're hilarious. Okay. Um. <laughs> Listen, I can be bought. You know, I'm not proud. I. Well, me neither. I'm, I'm cheap, I'm, and I'm easy. I'm easy and cheap. Um, <laughs> so, Vinny, apart from apart from Mystic South, what are you doing, and and how can folks get a hold of you? So, apart from Mystic South, I'm working on my third book. I am ah. um, semi-active on TikTok and Instagram. And um, I'm just kind of living my best life otherwise. Like, I'm not really – I just had a book signing in Charlotte, but then otherwise I don't have anything else really big coming up quite yet. Um, just kind of doing the podcast circuit and keeping my head down while I write another book. Do you want to give me a little hint on what the next book is? Um, well, right now it is tentatively called uh, Real World Magic, and it's kind of about cool. using magic without um, taking up a whole lot of time in your day. Just kind of like, you know, when you wash your hair, you can wash the negativity out. Or when you brush your teeth, you can um, kind of charm your words for the day and things like that. Wow, that's getting in deep. I love it. That sounds so cool. <laughs> when do you think that'll Thanks. be released? Uh, I'm not sure. My deadline right now is August, um, and we'll see where that goes because I kind of, every time I write a book, I end up in the throes of imposter syndrome, so I'm, like, talking myself out of that right now. But I'm oh, pretty wow. much there. So I, I hear you. I've got to start back into it any minute. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it should be right on cue. So uh, roughly about a year. It normally takes about a, a year after you turn it in for the book to come out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving myself a deadline um, of uh, Mystic South for this next book because I just oh. know um, my uh, – uh, uh, our editor has been and, – and we're not working together on his third or my second book, but we have the same editor still. Right. And uh, right. I just feel like I can't face her unless I have this draft uh, turned in. I'm on. A, I'm doing a second draft of my second book, um, and oh, so I've got. You know, I'm chugging right along, and I think I might actually be able to have it turned in. It may be like right before I get on the plane to go to Mystic South, but I think I'm going to be able to turn it in before then. And then Vinny's right. It takes about a year uh, if they if they you know, like my first draft um, really needed to be reworked, and but fortunately I was able to keep about oh I don't know seventy percent of the book. Uh, I just had to. I'm just having to rework about 30 percent of it, uh, so it's not that bad. Uh, it's just a lot. <laughs> it's but it's not, not like, like doing a lot. It from scratch. 
Right, but I'm not a writer, and 30% sounds like a lot to me because I don't know any better. I've never written a book. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have the skill. I don't have the skill to write a book, nor do I think I ever will. So I don't. It's not something that I think about in that regard. But 30% sounds like a lot. What's your book about, Martha? Uh, it's going to be uh, working with energy, different ways that uh, oh. uh, practitioners can um, be able to. Um, uh, recognize what their own magical DNA and their energetic signatures are, and then be able to Ooh. attune themselves to the other energies that are kind of out there swirling around in uh, in uh, the universe, and then ways to visualize and and uh, grade your energetic signature into the energies that are already all around us. Into what purpose? So it's energy work. It's the short answer is it's on the energy work. Sounds cool. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing both of you. Um, I, Vinny, I'm sorry I'm not going to have more time with you because you're going to be brushing everything into a very small amount of time, but I'm at least going to try to hug you. Um, yeah. Well, I Can you, like, you stick you your hand out and give him a high sure. five as he races down the hall? <laughs> yeah, pretty much because he's like an Olympic athlete with this shit. Um, <laughs> you're an impressive man. Vincent, I'm just going to oh. say it. You're an impressive man. I indeed he is. I respect you. I I love your TikToks. I I I do actually watch the talk. I'm not on the talk, but I watch the talk. Martha, what about <laughs> you? What are you doing social media wise? Uh, I am uh, mostly on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, TikTok is just a bridge too far for me, and I haven't done uh, the Bird app in over a year. Um, so that's really mostly yeah. where I am. And then after um, uh-huh. Mystic South, I'll be uh, headlining the uh, Pagan Pride uh, event in uh, Broward County in September. And then after that, I'll mm-hmm. be headlining at uh, Florida Pagan Gathering in October at their Salon Gathering. Wow, cool. All right. Once again, Thrifty Witchery, Magic for the Penny Pinching Practitioner, this is a great book. Get yourself a copy. Uh, it's definitely helpful. Even, again, even if you can't afford everything you want, I don't know anybody who can, but just saying, um, it's just good practical advice. It really is. Guys, I am so looking forward to, the, to seeing both of you, and thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday to come on and hang out. Well, sure. Always a pleasure. Yeah. It really is. I love talking to you. And we'll see you thank in uh, the South. Woohoo! I'm looking forward to it. All right, everybody. That is it for today. I will see you all next week. No, actually, I'm not going to see anybody next week. I am taking off the week before Mystic South, and I will see you live from Atlanta. Everybody have a great weekend. Take care.